Hello, people. Hello, authority builders out there. I am very excited to get to this new guest that I have for you today, Dr. Tracy Jones. Had an amazing conversation with her today about leadership, or maybe there's no such thing. So get on this particular episode. I am very happy about it. Very honored to have her on the show. And I think what you'll hear from her will be will make an incredible impact on your role as being a leader in your company, in your organization, and just in general. So get on this now, listen, and, and just enjoy, all right? I appreciate you, and uh, that's all I got to say. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with another one here. It is The Authority Project, and I am here with my new good friend here, Dr. Tracy Jones, in the virtual house today. How are you doing today? I'm tremendous, uh, Brian. <laughs> well, she says, you're saying to us today that there's no such thing as leadership. Is that right? Absolutely, Brian. I'm telling you what, no such thing as leadership, only individual motivations. As my dad said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. All you can do <laughs> is put salt in his oats and make him thirsty. Well, this is going to be interesting, folks. <laughs> All right. Here we go with this latest episode of The Authority Project. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. All right, and we are back with another one, folks. This is the Authority Project, and you are the project. You want to sell more of what you're great at so you can sell more of what you're great at. I just said the same thing twice, I guess. <laughs> so, so here we go. Here we go. It's one of those days. I was, we were just talking earlier. It was just one of those days where you learn a lot. You learn a lot about people, learn a lot about human behavior. And we're going to learn about today about being a leader or maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> maybe there's not just thing. Okay. But before we get started, before we get started, Dr. Tracy, can you please tell us who you are personally and then professionally. Absolutely. Brian, thanks so much. Well, my name's Tracy Jones. I have two fathers. My heavenly father and my earthly father was Charlie Tremendous Jones, who mm. was a world-renowned motivator. So I tell people, Brian, I grew up and my life was a cross between boot camp and a sitcom. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to talk a little bit about what made me in this interview and then who I am professionally. I am a bookaholic. I'm a book pusher. I like getting people hooked on books and I am a publisher. I am a podcaster, I'm a military veteran, uh, a speaker, and just somebody that really helps people ignite the greatness within the God seed. And I like to say that I exist to serve others by helping them liberate their intrinsic greatness. So that's me. Awesome. I love it. I love it already. People, this is going to be great. So just hang in there, hang in there. It's going to be great. Can you tell us what your current project is at the moment? Absolutely. Well, the current project is my book, Spark, which came out one September. Spark. Woo. Nice, and it, really nice. just, um, getting, oh, you're getting an autographed copy, Brian, as a thank yes. you. Um, 
the, the project is really, really looking at in this new space of being a writer, it, it's always honing my singularity. And it's always finding the best use of my time and resources so that I can be the greatest version of myself for the most other people. So every day, for the entrepreneurs that are listening, every day, you're just constantly honing, refining, pruning, connecting, evaluating. You have the, the poetry of writing the books, but then you have the plumbing of how do you get people to buy books? So every day, really, right now, my focus is on a new line of books that we're publishing, little mini booklets about how do you get your greatness out there in 1,500 to 5,000 words, and then also getting Spark out there. So those are my two projects that are occupying most of my professional time right now. Fantastic. I like that. So last question before we dive in, Dr. Tracy, what is your daily routine? Oh, daily routine always starts the night before. And I was in the military, I was in the Air Force, so I am a big, and I'm an engineer by trade. I'm a left brain, right brain, so I really like results and processes, but I also have my creative side. I'm, I'm kind of an ambivert, which a, a lot of people out there are. So you can do the goals. I tell people you can have the blue skies, but if you don't have the blueprints, you're not going to have anything. So my daily routine starts the night before. Before I go to bed, I do a gratitude journal where I list 25 blessings or miracles that have happened to me that day. So my subconscious drifts off thinking of not what I didn't get done, but how incredibly thankful and blessed I am. Then the, the night before, I list my top three to five things that I have to get done the next day. And I kind of do that on a weekly basis. My days are pretty fluid. I try not to get some people like, well, I plan 10 years from now. I'm not that good. If you're that good, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm really looking to make it through the month and, and just because I see what happens. And you'll hear from my background. I'm kind of good at, I like fluidity. I like a lot of different things happening. So really the day before, the day of, and then I really hit it. I spend time in the word. I spend time in prayer. I do two workouts. One is in, indoors, which is a weight training. And then I always make myself get outside for 45 minutes during the day to walk the dogs and listen to great things on a podcast. And anytime throughout that during the day, I'm either shipping books, shipping cases of books or doing logistics, making phone calls, making connections, and a lot of reading, research, and writing at any given day. And then I build in at least one day a week to Sabbath so I can recharge and just listen to, um, is the direction I'm running in, should I be doing this? And totally unplug. And that's it. No TV, very limited Roku and stuff and Netflix and stuff like that. I post a lot on social media. I have a wonderful person, wonderful person that puts it out there. No news, no mainstream stuff, no nonsense. Okay. I, I like it. it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> awesome stuff. Hey, that's probably better for everybody, right? So Shout out. We got a shout out here from Laura DiBenedetto. Appreciate you, girl. Thanks so much. Oh, I love Laura. She's a two incredible humans. I adore you both. And we adore you as well. Thank you so, so much. Hello. Yes, yes. So there it is. I know we have to just give a, a pause for her because she's so awesome. So, she's our connector. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So let's get into it. Now, what is this thing, Dr. Tracy, you're talking about? There's no such thing as leadership. What has gotten to you, girl? What has gotten into you now? Explain yourself. What got into me, Brian? <laughs> Can we be frank here? People. Okay. I mean, I love people, but people. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I recently got my dissertation and uh, a PhD in studying leadership. And halfway through my doctoral studies, I was just like, listen, I have not been the perfect leader, but I have worked around enough people to know I've been in the military. I was in high tech, defense, semiconductor, you name it, publishing everywhere to know people are people. 
and there is only so much a leader can do and a leader cannot engage in leadership, the process of leading others, if you are not willing to be led. And so in my PhD, I really drilled into the power of followership. Robert Kelly has a phenomenal book and I reversed the lens on on leadership and I stopped wasting my time trying to make people become something they were never gonna be engaged and wanna become because there was not a vision or a value congruence. And I really focused on finding the right people. Stop trying to make not your people. And I think in leadership, it's all about, well, if you can't motivate people, mm -mm, that's on you as a leader. Oh, oh, maybe some, but a huge path, a huge swath if it is, intrinsic motivation. When I studied my dissertation, I studied a crisis event, a merger that went south. And I found that the people that were really the strongest in that handling this crisis were strong before the crisis even hit, and they were strong after it. The people that thought this was the end of the world were already disengaged and fretting and fearful. I look at LinkedIn with people going back after the pandemic, and they're like, well, this many people don't want to. And I said, stop. Let's look at where they were before, Mm -hmm. because you are either, there's a trait in psychology called extroversion. Not extrovert, but extroversion, where you are actually an extroversion of yourself. You look at things and you're adaptable. Throw me a curveball, life, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna wing it back. I'm gonna take lemons and make them into lemonade. And then you have people that have a strong degree of neuroticism. They fret, they ruminate, they're scared. Even if they got a hundred COVID shots and were promised you will never get this thing, would not leave their house. Now, what is that? That's something within each of us. So as I was studying. I just became quite obsessed about helping leaders and emerging leaders dial into finding the people that get you, that get your mission, that look at you as a leader and bring out the best in you as a leader. I tell my followers, if you want a better leader, be a better follower, okay? Anybody that's in leadership knows, man, it it is not a walk in the park. So the more people you can get to see that, and then of course you as leaders, you constantly are honing yourself so you can be the leader your followers need. But Brian, it's like a dance. If you're not both walking, at least trying to couple and dance, there is no leadership. And I look at a lot of organizations where people were just dragging their feet or wouldn't even come out onto the floor. And so that's really why I say there's really no such thing as leadership. You dial in your people who get you, that you admire the type of follower they are and that they get the type of leader that you are. This is great. Because I, I just I'm just coming up with this question right now because it's just on top of my head because I I seen some things <laughs> you see a lot of things over this last past year right uh-huh. so this COVID thing uh-huh. this is the first this is the first time this ever happened and so I'm looking at just just in my own city in Boston where there are some people just bashing bashing my, my was, the, was the, the governor I think yeah the governor I'm just like this is the first thing this is the first time this ever happened <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh, just like, how do you deal with things? That, uh, we're talking about crisis now. This is a crisis, and this is the first thing that's ever happened. And you're saying that this person should already be already in tune. Sh- should they really be ready for all this from the beginning? Or how does that really work, Dr. Tracy? Well, I'm so glad you asked that. And I will say this, Brian, this is not the first pandemic the world has had. Nor will true. it be the last. We have that many. This is the first one we've had this kind of a a complete alteration of life as we know it for something that has not wiped out huge swaths of the population. And I say, look at the other plagues and stuff that went through when Jonah Ark came to power 600 years ago, the plague had just knocked out half the people. 
in the country. We're not dealing with stuff like that. The rats that came in and infected London. So big picture thing, what I would really say for people is before you hear these things said, really know how bad is it? Because a lot of times what we're seeing in the news is what I like to call the deception of perception. So this is the first time this is, a, it's not the first time. And then when I tell people that they're like, oh really? And I'm like, no. And then they kind of go, oh, okay. So let's really get a proper perspective of it. But a great question about the governors and leaders are expected to be one of three roles. And it depends on what type of crisis that it is. Uh, number one, they're expected to be the savior. Okay. You come out with the cure, Winston Churchill, you stand up to Hitler. No, I mean, Joan of Arc. You stand up and lead the French armies and throw the English out, okay? These are the saviors that come in. The other thing they expect you to be is an ethicist, which means if you look at the Exxon Valdez, that the oil flow that, that passed, that the tanker that hit, or somebody mm -hmm. that's looking at something that is unethical, and you expect the leader to really look at this and be a fair and righteous judge and yeah. make things fair and right. The last one is they expect, expect you to be a sense maker. And that's where I really think leadership, really, that's the role I think they needed to fill during this COVID to really look at all the competing threads, all the stories that were being pushed and really say, wait a minute, whoa, 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 wait. One thing I learned in my PhD is if you can't cite it, don't write it. Okay. In other words, if you cannot look at a peer reviewed journal and show me that. So all these people were coming out right away saying these things. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's just your opinion. And if you really peel back the onion and look at who was saying this, you understood what their motive was. And it sure as heck wasn't to make sense of things. It was to <laughs> vote the new book, get themselves elected or unelected or whatever. So right. I tell people, you must be very, we have the mind of Christ, Brian. And so you really want to just dial in and take the time as a leader uh, to go. One of the best books that I've ever heard on this topic is by Stephen Sample. He's the 10th president, uh, was the 10th president of the University of South Carolina. And it's called The Contrarian's Guide to Leadership. Hmm. And so he really teaches leaders, you're going to get put, the mic's going to be thrust in your face. What do you think about this? We're not launching nuclear bombs. You don't have to comment. Let them know, I will look at this after I review the facts and I'll get back to you. And I just learned so much from that. And I think leaders, especially in a time when people are getting you to to step into it or step on it by getting you uh, surprise, here's a new fact. What does that matter? This is not healthy dialogue. And I think that just made everything so much more worse and it contributed to the height of hysteria. And Brian, <laughs> the virus of anxiety has killed way more people than COVID ever has. So you gotta look at the big picture and go, what are we really dealing with? And be very discerning as a leader to your people about, okay, Let's look at what this really is. Let's control what we can control and let's stay calm. Great, great. So I'm not sure if I've put this out there or if you've already put this out there about the definition of a leader or the traits of a good leader. Is that something that you think about or should see when you see somebody like this? That's a good leader right there. I, I love it. Well, what a great question. And Brian, I'm going to tell you something. My favorite quote was is from George McDonald. And he says to be trusted is a greater compliment than being loved. Mm. Now, when I was young, I mean, I like The Office. I don't know if you ever watched The Office, but I laugh <laughs> at Michael Scott because he just wants to be loved. And yeah. so Michael Scott would be the opposite of this. Different traits do it for different followers. For example, I am coded as an ethicist and mm. I went into the military. I will go into battle with you only if I trust you. Other mm. people, they're looking for more of somebody that's more of a shepherd or a teacher or somebody that's more humble or a servant. 
or somebody that's, I don't know, more family, more collective oriented, or somebody that their whole work is about their intellectual growth. So it really depends. What I tell the listeners out there is know what kind of a leader you admire the most. And me, it's firm but fair. I like I like the Pattons. I like the Churchills. I like mm -hmm. the, but that's what I resonate with. So everybody is really going to have a different leader that they idolize, a different leader that brings out the best in them. The goal is to marry those two so you can really have a team that yeah. continues to dance and win Dancing with the Stars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you, for, for some reason, when you went through that, through that just now, the only person I can think, well, a couple of people, but the main person that you reminded me of, because I'm from Boston, is Tom Brady. I don't think there's any other like example this year that you're like, wow, this yeah. whole team, the whole team, the coaches, the whole organization, we're going to follow this guy and we're going right. to believe in him because right. he's done it. How, how, what, do you, what do you say to that when you get, I'm sure you're going to talk about this pretty, pretty soon. I'm going to follow this guy because this person's done this and this. Why, why wouldn't I follow this person? Oh, absolutely. And that's why credibility is so important. You don't want to judge Judy used to say who you're going to hit your hit your wagon to or hit your star to. You want to make sure because we're all we're the sea you put yourself in. As kids, we got told birds of a feather flock together, and yeah. so you want to stay. Jim Rohn said that you are going to become uh, a composite of the five top people you hang out with. So my dad used to say, if you want to be a better leader, hang out with better leaders. If you want to be a better thinker, hang out with better thinkers. Want to be a better giver, hang out with better givers. Want to be a better thumb-sucking, complaining, griping bonehead? Hang out with better <laughs> thumb-sucking, complaining, griping boneheads. So you want to look at where you want to go. And so that's that takes self-discovery and self-awareness because you've got to dial into your values and your convictions. And a lot of times when we're younger, we're just like, I just want a paycheck and I want four weeks of vacation and yeah. <laughs> I want more life balance. And you don't really look at, and then you get midlife and you're like, ah, I feel like, ah, you know, I'm missing something. I'm missing this eternal perspective on yeah. what is my life going to count for? And, and, and the other thing is, Brian, the difference between people can be wonderful leaders, but be horrible in leadership because we should all be independent leaders. Okay. You have to lead yourself first. If you can't lead yourself, there's no way you can lead anybody else. But leadership is the art no longer about you, but it's about you getting the right people together and one plus one equals 10. You get this synergy. So that's why it's so important that you have people that are willing to be led, taught, humbled, rebuked, reproached, because otherwise there can no be, there cannot be any leadership because people will push back on you and say, no, my way, not thy way. And right. it's pride. you know that it's all pride. So right. um, that's why I'm pulling that back because I, I hear all this stuff about, oh, well, if you just motivate people or give them enough money or give them the freedom, th they'll be all in. Come on now. Did you ever supervise any? That's not true. That's not true from your own kids. The more yeah. you give them, the worse it gets, the more spoiled they get. Right. You know? So why would that work in why would that work in our workplace? I don't know. But right. I tried it, it for a long time and I finally was like, dear Lord, somebody's got to be more responsible than just me. Everybody who's buying it, who's taking a paycheck for the organization has a role to play in the collective. And as long as people are transactional and just exchanging time for money, you're never going to get that synergy of leadership. You're not. Yeah. That's, you bring up so many, so many different memories right now. Cause I'm thinking about the last position that I had where we were all laid off. And, but I mean, this is, this is a, a crazy thing because this has happened with many companies this past year where they had to take on this even grander leadership. Like what should I be doing for these people? 
in my company that come to me for their livelihoods. What can I, what should I say? What can I do? How can I comfort them? How can I assure them or say that, or give them as much transparency as possible mm -hmm. so that if things happen in the future, maybe they can trust me again to come back to me. How, how does that work? Well, that works by realizing, look, it's not only on the leader to pull this out. For example, when I studied the merger that went south, you could see this core team of people that rallied around the leader because the leadership is never done alone. Okay. And, and you had this core group of people. And of course you had the core group of people that were the naysayers and, the, and that had already checked out or that were like, no, flat out fought it <laughs> and said, I'm working against it. Isn't that fun in leadership when you got half your own team working against you? Yeah. I'm sure some of our listeners have been through that hell on earth, but that is where you really go to the team and say, listen, this is what I'm going to do, but I need you to engage in co-leadership with me. Listen, when the ship's about to go down, it has to be all hands on deck. And if you're going to be pearl clutching and wringing your hands, um, take time off. But I need all, we, we, I went to war twice. When the bullets start flying, that's when people go, I'm going to charge into the fire and not run out of it. So that's what a leader has to do is really fine. And it doesn't have to be everybody. I've heard a lot of research that says even one out of a hundred, just one great other person that gets it or two or three, and you'll make it through the crisis, but you have to have a band of brothers, so to speak, yeah, a yeah. that has your back and yeah. then they can make it happen, but the leader can't do it on their own. That's my next question. Cause it, cause this, a lot of this podcast is geared to solopreneurship. And they're in the midst of maybe I want to hire somebody. Maybe I want to hire an assistant, build a team. How do you make that first impression, that imprint to get people to be excited and loyal so that they'll go, go to bat for your company? I love that. Imprinting is one of my favorite words. Willie Jolly uses that word. Who mm. imprints on you? And that's why you're going to look at certain people. I would say the best way is for you as a leader. And there's a couple followership tests. There's a couple other personality profiles. Find out as a leader who does it for you. Yes, you want to have the task, but the skill set, the character, the intentionality is so much more important than the capability. We've all hired people who look perfect on paper, and within six minutes of them being on our clock, we're like, oh, Lord, I have made a terrible yeah. <laughs> And that's what I mean as a leader. So really yeah. unpack with them and ask them, what, who, I, I, this is what I love asking them, who's the best leader in the world that you've ever had, and why did you like them? And if they say, well, because they let me do whatever I wanted and didn't check in much. If you're in, if you're in one of those kind of operations that allows that's fine and ask them, how do you handle rebuke and reproof and correction? Because mm -hmm. if they're not teachable or trainable, no matter how talented they are, there's going to be a power struggle where they are going to be trying to usurp stuff or work side deals or pull off siphon clients. I have had all of these things happen to me. Because I was not diligent about saying, first of all, are you all in with the shared vision? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's something. So can you go, I want to, I want to talk more about this word followership. What is the blueprint of, of that? Of getting people to really follow you? Cause you need that. <laughs> right? you need well, again, again, I'm going to, I'm going to flip it around here. First of all, they have to be good followers themselves. And one of the first things the military taught us was, it's not about you. There's no male, female, black, white. Yeah, yeah, we were all roughly the same age. But if somebody messed up, you were taught that you were the collective. 
So followership and people are like, oh, that's a dirty word. I don't need it. No, it's not. If you can't <laughs> follow. How are you going to do anything in life? I mean, mm-hmm. it means your heart's not humble and you're boastful and, you, and you're prideful and you think you know it all. And mm-hmm. none of us, the older I get, the more I'm like, oh my God. But it doesn't, I'm not intimidated anymore. It's a joy mm-hmm. because the joy is in the journey. Followership mm-hmm. is really about to, and Robert Kelly talked about this. Do you have a great critical mind? Not critical spirit, not telling your boss they're an idiot or posting stuff on Facebook. That's a critical spirit. That's bones of contention and enmity, spirit of enmity. That's not right. And I've been there many times. I'm sorry to all the bosses out there that I was a royal pain in the tuchus, okay? <laughs> but you need to be a good follower. You need somebody with a keen mind. The leaders at the 30,000 foot level, you're down maybe at the 5,000 foot level. They're up here. They're not going to see what's going on down here. That's why you have to be open and willing and transparent. And so I love a great follower because if I'm about, just because I have an idea, uh, the more people that, that give me feedback, the better of a shared answer that we can get. Now, if it's a crisis and we're, it's, yes, it all abdicates the leader. But day to day, I'm looking for followers that have a great mind. What mm. about this? What about, have you thought about this? Or they'll solve the problem even before I knew it was a problem. That is the best type of followers. Okay, Rodney Dangerfield has a quote. He says, people who do what's being told, who do what needs to be told before somebody tells them, draw the most wages. Just do it, okay? Just do it. <laughs> Message Garcia. Don't wait for me to tell you. So that's an effective follower. That's an assembly follower. The other aspect of it is you are all in behind a mission. I look at these percentages of people that are disengaged and I'm like, and once again, it's on the organization. Well, why aren't you engaged? Okay, you better get engaged. You're getting benefits, you're getting a salary. If you're not engaged, then go someplace else. This may not be the shift that you want to be on, but yeah. if you're in it, and if I'm sharing the business with you, and if I'm paying you, and if I'm planning a future with you, and you're you want to see people on the side or divorce me, let me know. You know what I'm saying? Because and, and that's where great followers happen because and I've worked a lot of different careers in my life. And I knew I would probably only be there for a couple of years because I knew I'd wind up here. But when mm-hmm. I was in a man, Brian, I was all in yeah. up until that last two weeks notice. And I never stopped providing feedback. So for followers, you do that and your leader will look at you and be like, thank you, God. They're just they're, they're going to be so happy. And then you're going to go from being an individual contributor to a manager to actual a co-leader because leadership is best when it's shared. But if you're not going to think or you're not engaged, how can I share it with you? I can't even trust you. So this is something that's earned by the follower. Show the leader that you're deserving to be in that end group. Right, this is, we're, we're, we're in tune because you're really segueing to my next question here. So let's go to this place because there are times when it might be more difficult as a woman in the male dominated corporate arena or otherwise, even the business arena, to be honest, race com- could be an issue sometimes. I'll just put myself in there. For me as an introvert, sometimes it's, it's kind of an issue sometimes to get in there because we act different. So what do you say to, to things where you feel like you're not the preferred fit, but you still want to, you still want to get your chance to be a leader. You still want to get your chance to be someone that looks up to you, that you want to make an impact in your business, in the corporate world or whatever. What do you say to that of how getting past that kind of, I don't want to say perception or it's facts, really, maybe possibly? You, you let me know. Well, I love that you said facts because the whole thing with facts is, are they perceived facts? 
facts or are they real facts? <laughs> your mind plays really weird things. There's a lot of stinking thinking going on. Okay. Yeah. I get offended over something that is so stupid. And because in my mind, I built this up and then I find out that's not what happened. So what I'd say, Brian, and, and what a great question. I've been in, in male environments my whole life. I love it. First of all, I love being different. I, my dad always taught me, he's like, you're an odd duck. He called me a weirdo magnet. And he's embrace it, Tracy, because God made you that way. And God don't make no junk. Okay. So the first thing I really do is all these male dominant environments. And let me tell you something. For every idiot man, I had a thousand phenomenal brothers that had my back. Don't focus on the morons. There's morons everywhere. I, I mean, no gender, race, religion, creed, whatever has the lock on idiocy. Or come on now, just, just let it go. Let it go. And, and find your advocates that really get you. So for anybody listening out there, if you believe in the core values of where you're working, the rest is immaterial. Okay. The rest is on you to find the advocates, to find your voice, to be comfortable in your own skin. For example, when I went to the military academies, I think I was like the eighth class of women there. And I had somebody come up during our dual year or basic cadet, cadet training year and say, you know what? You shouldn't be here. Meaning I, as a woman, shouldn't be there. Okay. All right. Got it. You're entitled to your opinion. However ignorant it is, you're still entitled to your opinion. But Brian, I thought to myself, I love this country and I'm allowed by law to be here. I don't need to listen to that stuff. Okay, so I would say to people, don't focus on the naysayers. They're always going to be there. Okay, and you know what? We're the biggest naysayers of all. We're the biggest hypocrites. It's like when people say, well, I don't want to go to church. There's too many hypocrites there. And my dad would say, <laughs> well, come on down. I think about all the people that I'm like, oh, they may not like me. And then I'm like, maybe I probably did that to some people too. Just let it go. Be an authentic person. And you're either going to draw other people that look at you and get your vibe and resonate with you and you're going to coalesce and find your advocates and your true resources or you're going to realize wow i am really out of sync with this organization you're going to get some great experience about working in not your ideal fit and then you're going to go on to bigger and better things so in my book it's great stuff it's great stuff i see there's so much passion here about being a leader what about that gets you going what brought you here dr tracy to this thing about I really want to show people about leadership. Well, what brought me here was pushing 58. So I started working at 14 years old. So I know a thing or two about people and I love leadership. I got a PhD in it because I know I had a lot of street smarts, right? Yeah, yeah. And, but I want, I wanted the book smarts. Yeah. And then I also wanted to know the spiritual smarts because motivation is a very, you don't talk about dogs and elephants and plants about being motivated. It's something unique to us. So as I was going through my journey of all these people and trying, oh, oh, this is the boss. Oh, this is the country. Oh, this is the industry and finding, ah, oh, I, I mean, I go for a couple years and realize I kept hitting this wall. And then my dad always told me growing up, Tracy, this is always gonna happen. You can either work for yourself or you can work for somebody else. But as long as you're working for somebody else, either literally or mentally, you're always going to hit this wall. And that's when it really dawned on me. Enthusiasm, being in, in theos, the, the, the spirit, it is so intrinsic. And so that's when I'm like, stop looking at like externally carrot and stick and start looking about how we let people know you own 
every thought in your mind. You own every experience. You own every word that comes out of your mouth. And that is incredibly empowering. And once we stop, it all comes back to us. When I'm sitting there complaining about politics or the church or my family, stop, stop. All these experiences are here to make you a more powerful, compassionate, wise entity, human being, if you let it. And the sh- my dad would always tell me, Tracy, you're never a failure until you blame somebody else. And nobody listening wants to be a failure. It all comes back to us. Yeah, absolutely. And you got another fan here, Dean Gibson, saying he loves Dr. J- Dr. Jones. And oh, thanks you for, for this time. We love He's so, so appreciate you. Appreciate you, sir. And I want to thank you, first of all, for your service. And I want to thank you for having such an amazing dad that has led you, obviously. I can see the, the relationship is strong. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. I get emotional because I had a dad like that. And that is, that is um, he was an entrepreneur. And he showed me a lot of things about that, about, about how to be, you know, I just, I just, if you just follow, you know, what you've learned, what you've seen. So I appreciate you by mentioning your father so much. That's amazing. So last question. I'm going to get you out of here. And access of all of my guests, it goes something like this. There are people out there who they have similar goals, similar interests. They want to be great leaders. They want to maybe help people with their leadership in their organizations. So they want to do the same things that you're doing, Dr. Tracy. So can you tell them in your own words, and I'll put you front and center, how they can become an authority in this space? Absolutely. I, and this is what my doctoral research is written on, and this is SPARK, okay? And I'm a prior military, so I love acronyms. S-P-A-R-K, okay? So for everybody out there, first of all, you have to dial it in. You have to get very singularly focused on what is that one thing that you are uniquely gifted and qualified to bring to the world. And you say, oh, Tracy, it's not anything. Oh, yes, it is. There's something that you've been through that nobody else has been through, okay? And so singularity is really about your vision and your focus. If you're not focused, you tend to get exhausted because you become a jack or a jane of all trades, too many things. And this is something out there for our listeners, I struggle with every day, honing it down and honing it down. Second, persistence. Just don't quit. You can want to quit. Don't quit. Stay strong. Stay hydrated. Get sleep. Uh, eat healthy, take care of this beautiful temple that God has put us in, okay? So these are the first two things that you bring to the table, your unique gifting and your your grit that you're not going to quit. I can't do the work for you, and I don't know what you are anointed to do. Only you know that. The flip side of the coin, the externals are A, R, and K, advocates. You need to have people in your corner, your mentors, your cheerleaders, the people that want your success more than even you do. And trust me, they're out there. You just have to look for them and you have to find them. Hey, I'm one of them. Connect with me. And Brian's one too. R is for resources. No matter how much you feel empowered, anointed, designated, you won't quit. You got tons of support. You need the right tools. You can't get it right without the right people, processes, and things. Your website, your your logo, your branding, your e-commerce, your logistics. These are the mechanics, the plumbing that, that makes the water flow through the pipes. And lastly, knowledge. You have to constantly be in a state of learning because otherwise we don't know as we continue to unfold into the greatest version of ourselves. Remember, you have to find it. Don't go looking for it. It's already in you. And every time you read, you uncover this new aspect of yourself. My father always said, you'll be the same person 
five years from now that you are today, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. And the quickest way I know, Brian, to make this happen is to hang out with the most tremendous people you can, advocates and resource wise, and keep reading tremendous books, grow that knowledge, and that will help you hone your singularity. And that'll give you the strength so you'll never quit. So it's very mechanical. And then you just keep doing this every day I go through this cycle. That's amazing. Thanks, Brian. People, people, that was incredible. That was incredible. I love the answer. Amazing stuff. People, people. <laughs> this was great. So this was great. I hope you guys got a lot out of that. Please, Dr. Tracy, tell them where they can find you after the show. Absolutely. Two places. Well, we have a lot of tremendous, wonderful books at TremendousLeadership.com. And you can sign up for two free weeks of eBooks. Our podcast is on there. We got a lot of free webinars and all the wonderful books that we are putting out. Also, you can find me on tracycjones.com where you can get the Spark course. There's an interactive, there's a pre-recorded course. You send me an email in any of that and it will go to our world headquarters here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I promise you, I'll give you an, air, uh, an answer. And please reach out on LinkedIn, Facebook. All, all the stuff is on our websites and I would love to connect with you. It, it, we're in this huge net of humanity and the more connections you have, the better. Lena Horne always said, it's not the load that wears you down. It's the way you carry it. So the most important thing is to have this incredible, robust safety network. And we can actually thrive during this stuff yeah. because we're here to minister and bless one another. That's amazing. I, I totally agree with all of that. You need, you cannot do this alone. You cannot do it we're not alone. Right. No, no. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complete this particular show with a person that I'm trying to help. If you go to helpmeg.com, any donations that are there. I talked about this last two, two shows. She's a good friend of mine. She's an amazing person. She's a, she was a person who got into an unforeseen accident, bike mountain accident, almost paralyzed. Luckily, she didn't get paralyzed, but she's been recovering slowly, but surely. But, you know, she has a spinal injury. We don't know. We never know what's going to happen in these cases. But the hospital bills are tough. So I'm trying to get as much people to help out with anything that you can, please. Go to helpmeg.com. It goes right to her GoFundMe page. And anything is helpful at this time. And that's all I got to say about that. You guys already know about my authorityletter.com site already. Go there and get your three-part video series about how to build your authority platform, just like Tracy, Dr. Tracy has done so incredibly, as you can see and heard today. So please do that. Go check her out. Go please visit her sites. Go visit and, and, and talk to this woman. She's amazing. You can already tell that she's a tremendous reader too. You can tell that throughout the whole thing. So I'm not going to go through my, my spiel by reading, but I'm actually on a reading spree right now this year. I'm doing a streak every day and getting my reading back and I'm loving every minute of it. So that's it for me, people. I'm just overwhelmed by today. So thank you so much, Dr. Tracy, for being on here. Do you have any final words that you want to throw out I there? Just, it, it's in you, okay? And, and if you're sitting here, don't fight it anymore. Okay. The world can go to hell in a handbasket. That's okay. Be the solution. Do not be conformed to all the nonsense going on. Stand firm, be courageous, figure out what's really going on and build that beautiful spark into a fire that's inside of you. It's there. You don't have to be, you don't have to follow the masses anymore. That's it. That's it. Perfect. I have nothing else to say, but this people, as I always say, build it, share it, and they will come. We're out of here. See ya. 
And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.